can't go home. Not ever. You can. I don't want to. Do you want me? What? Do you want me and you just go along with things? I want you. I'm gonna go to my dad's, you can come if you want. Yeah. Okay. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 89, The End of the Fucking World, Season 1. That's right. Uh, So, when was this added to Netflix? January of this year. So very topical, I would say. That's right. Uh, This is... At least as far as U.S. audiences go, this is a Netflix exclusive. So if you have Netflix and you haven't seen this yet, uh, you know, maybe put us on pause. Go ahead and go watch all eight episodes and then come back to us. Yeah, too long to get through. It's pretty quick. The episodes are about 20 to 22 minutes long. And there's only eight, so it is I mean, weird though. it's just like a long movie, really. Uh, you watch them and they go by quick, but it does feel oddly like a lot happens per episode. Yeah, they cover a lot of ground in eight episodes. They don't waste too much time. Nope, they get right to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun little show that a friend of ours turned me on to, and then I I got you into it. And a I friend figured, of the show, really. Yeah, I figured, hey, let's give it a shot. Uh, we're always, you know, looking for different kinds of episodes to do. Uh, we, you know, ever since our triumphant return to the podcasting world, we haven't done too many television-themed episodes. So, figured this is technically a TV show. So yeah, I'd say so. Give it a shot. Episodic. Yeah, it's uh, a British show. Uh, it actually aired in the UK in October of last year. Um, it's based off of a graphic novel of the same name. Very by, uh, uh, British-centric, you would say. Yeah. The graphic novel was by Charles Forsman. All eight episodes are directed by Jonathan Entwistle and Lucy Tur- Cherniak. This is kind of like a Walking Dead thing where a lot of people, I guess, probably know what's happening. So the fact that this ends on kind of a cliffhanger, I guess, probably not... There's probably like a lot of people that know where this goes. No, I mean it. The graphic novel that was the end. So it's oh, okay. Kind of. A, we can get to that later, though, All right. about so, cool. the possibilities of a second season and what's going to happen there. They changed it a little bit. I don't know if we want to talk about the ending right off the okay, bat. Yeah, but yeah. The ending of the graphic novel is slightly different, I think, but kind of the same idea. The entire show was adapted and written for the screen by. 
uh, an actress or a woman named Charlie uh, Cobble, Oh, we like that. Who, for fans of the in-betweeners, appeared in one episode. <laughs> this is quite the connection. Yeah. It's the episode. It's an, it's one of my favorite episodes in a way. It's where they go and visit the one dude's girlfriend's sister in college, oh, and they that stay is at, a fun episode. They stay at her apartment. It's the sister, okay, Sophie. Yeah. yeah, she wrote all of these episodes and adapted it. And I guess you know, is she like into Will or something? No, okay. That she think... hates them. Oh, for okay. Being there. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's when that one dude who I can't. I, yeah, it's hard to remember. Yeah, it's hard to remember their names. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> so, the end of the fucking world is the story of James, played by Alex Lothar, and Alyssa, played by Jessica Barden. And in a lot of ways, it's like the album cover of Goo by Sonic Youth brought to life. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a reference I'm sure everyone is like, oh, yeah. Do a Google image search. Right. Check it out. But the one thing that kind of jumps out at me you know, because you know how I am when I watch something. It's like I got to immediately right. jump on IMDb and Wikipedia and supplement the See viewing what's experience. Going on with all these actresses. Check ages. Right. Compare, contrast, think about things. The uh, Alex Lothar, who plays James, is actually 22. But Jessica Barden, who plays Alyssa, is three years older than him, oh, and she's wow. 25. I mean, if you told me both of them were like 14, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they seem young. Yeah, they're playing 17-year-olds, but yeah, you could easily convince me they were even younger than that. But, but it's since weird. they're well into their 20s, I mean, I feel like anything is on the table from a discussion standpoint, All right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I noticed right away that uh, Alyssa was kind of like familiar-looking uh, in a when I looked at her IMDb, I realized I knew her from Hannah, which is a movie from, I don't know, like at this point, it's like almost seven years ago. Yeah, I know. When you first told me that, I was thinking to myself, what was she, nine in Hannah? She's pretty young in yeah. it, I guess, but she must have been- Right, oh, yeah. I mean, she had to be in she her She must teens. have been like only like 17 or 18, but she's <laughs> probably- age she's supposed to be in this. Yeah, and she probably seemed about the same, I guess. I don't, I can't remember exactly. And she- Oddly enough, was in The Lobster, which is a fairly recent movie, That's but she's still playing haven't like, seen, yeah. oddly, I can't really explain the context of this without going into a whole thing about The Lobster, but she kind of plays a potential love interest for Colin Farrell. Now, it, do, it doesn't, that is it doesn't happen, but she's in the same like dating pool. Does she look? older in the lobster she seems more like she seems more like an adult i mean she's definitely younger but like it's just odd like the juxtaposition of you know those two things which would be the last two things i've seen her from but yeah i mean they obviously are both much older than their characters but it 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 isn't it definitely is not a hindrance on the end result because it's not something you really would even know or think about because they both look age appropriate not a lot from me on that one. I look over, not even holding Gage. the microphone up to your mouth. Okay. Yeah, so the show kicks off with like uh, the introduction of James, who believes himself to be a psychopath. Yeah. Which I mean, cool. he could convince me easily. I mean, it. No, most uh, normal, sane people would not 
intentionally stick their hand in a deep fryer. Right, and yeah, I mean, it goes through a little montage of him killing animals as a kid. Also, usually a sign that there's something off. Yeah, it's part of the famous, like, McDonald's triage thing. Or however you say that. Uh, You know, the bedwetting, the killing of animals, predilection to setting fire, etc. What's going on? There's like wood chipped... I don't know. I don't I'm know. Sure that's from the table. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it begs the question then, uh, which is something that I've always heard about psychopaths and being a psychopath and whatever. It's like, if you question... <laughs> what you're familiar with about being a psychopath. <laughs> but it, I've always heard that if if you ever worry that you are a psychopath, then you're not. Because you would, if you were, you would never yeah. worry about it right. or think about that. So it's you wouldn't like, be in touch with it. Now, granted, he's not really... It's not necessarily coming across as worrying about it, but being able to self-diagnose it like that makes me wonder if that right off the bat is your first indication that he is not, in fact. Right. Yeah, and since we have the benefit of getting his inner thought, it's not like uh, my friend Dahmer where... That's a good reference because I actually wrote that down in my notes where it's like... Clearly unhinged, just bizarre behavior... Yeah, James the, just kind of seems more like an outcast. Yeah, the animal and the animal murder and mutilation in in my friend Dahmer is clearly like leading towards something bigger. Which you know, in all fairness, it's like well, we you know are familiar with <laughs> we who know Jeffrey where that's Dahmer headed. is, but like you know, in this, it's kind of got that weird sense. Obviously, the tone of this show is a little bit different, so it's like you kind of don't fully expect him to make good on his idea that he wants to move from animals to people which to be fair james does say and it's kind of a running thing through the first couple of episodes as to whether or not he's actually going to murder Alyssa. but right which is a fun uh jumping off point (laughs) for a relationship yeah she's kind of like the new girl in school and she seems to have her own emotional baggage going on she destroys her cell phone the first time we see her she kind of has an interesting home life of her, you know, that she's dealing with. Um, her mom has remarried. Her stepdad a little handsy at times. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a prick. Yeah. And so she meets she meets James at school, and they kind of begin this new romance where it's clear that, like, they're both very inexperienced as far as... Although she talks a mean game. Right, she talks like but in she's a way, but in a way that you can tell that she doesn't know what she's talking about. We can tell. I don't know if James is. No, no, no. He doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> He's clueless. But yeah, I mean, she's just like, you know, do you want to eat my pussy <laughs> and stuff like yeah, very crass. Which I don't really remember girls in high school saying to me, even you know, if that was actually on the table. Yeah, I don't. Not just coming out and saying with it upon meeting me. (laughs) Having that conversation at any point in my life, really. (laughs) That's true, but (laughs) I think it would be particularly jarring at that age. Well, oh, yeah. I would have been, like, so just intimidated by the things that she was saying to me. I I wouldn't (laughs) have been like, wet your pants. Yeah, I would have been like, we we can't hang out. This is, you know, too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not ready for this. Yeah, right. So, I'm not ready to be England. Through the use of like the narration and like kind of the internal thoughts that we get of the two characters back and forth, 
you know, we kind of understand that maybe James is going with this idea that like, okay, if I can spend time with her and get close to her, then that will provide me with the opportunity to murder her. (laughs) And she's kind of running away from her home life and acting out in kind of the typical teenage rebellion kind of way. Hanging out with skateboarders. And it all kind of comes together for them whenever her mom is kind of throwing some sort of a party at her house and uh, her stepdad Tony is acting weird and that's when he kind of touches her back but then he also tells her like we it would hate be you. so much better Please if you leave. were gone. So she shows up late to James's. She was supposed to be there at 11. She doesn't get there, you know, until well afternoon or whatever and she's just like at first she just takes her shirt off. Yeah, very aggressive. But then she's like I can't go home. We have to run away and do you want to run away with me? And he kind of just goes along with it, which is something that we kind of find out more about his character as we go on through the episodes, that he just kind of goes along with things. Just something he does. Uh, relatable, certainly. But it, it kind of like brings up some interesting questions um, because he kind of confesses that he would like to punch his dad in the face and steal his car. And so Alyssa's plan of running away kind of provides that opportunity for him like that reason for him to do it and so he does it and that's it kicks off them running away and it's like well what does this say about what Alyssa does for James you know what I mean is is this already like an early indication that he's more normal than we were led to believe by his beginning narration because he's being led along by his emotions even if he doesn't fully realize that yet Right. Like he's he may still think he may still be telling himself in his head like I want to kill this girl. I'm going to do this whenever I get the chance. He was really just lonely and misguided and just needed this uh fierce woman to come into his life and just shake things up and be the catalyst to Don't make we him... all though? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, we're still waiting. Yeah, and I mean, we kind of get more of his traumatic backstory <laughs> as we go along and we get a bigger better picture of what may be the cause of his weirdness and his introvertness if that right could be a word one of the things that they they push a lot throughout the show is his relationship with his dad which i don't know i i don't feel like his dad is that bad no i think well i and i think the underlying idea is that he has a lot of anger built up inside of him and he doesn't really know how to deal with it yeah and i mean I would say that from the moment, you know, he punches his dad in the face and takes the car and they head out, it's like, it kind of becomes a question right then of like, and even though it still kind of continues for a couple more episodes, like, does he ever really want to kill Alyssa at all? Or was that just something that he was telling himself to explain his emotions? Like, he didn't understand how to deal with the death of his mother, which we'll, you know, get more into as we go, and... And so is this whole idea that he's a psychopath just something he's been, you know... He's kind of telling built himself. himself up. Yeah, he's like, this must be the answer, and it's never, like, a real thing. And I don't I don't really think that we're ever supposed to believe that Alyssa was ever really in any danger and that right. he was no, ever no. really going to do anything, no matter how they kind of play it up for the show and, like, hint at it. Plus, I mean, in a battle of physicality, I just think... Alyssa would easily come out the victor there. 
yeah, so the 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 film kind of starts in like the middle of a suburban sprawl. Jonathan Entwistle, one of the directors, you know, said that he was heavily influenced by the look of like Twin Peaks and Fargo. And you can kind of see that and I I kind of made the comment in one of the early episodes. Oh, I was like, their woods looks like our woods. Yeah, I was like the wood <laughs> I was like you don't really think of England and like just regular like northeast american looking woods right but yet that's what the woods look like and it you, there are times in it despite how heavy their accents are that you kind of forget that it's england and then they're like getting on the other side to drive in the car and you're like oh yeah <laughs> yeah or staying at places called the nest inn <laughs> the nasty inn something from your past so once they first head out they they don't really have any kind of plan and it's just some typical bored teenager bullshit. Like they play laser tag and they do a dine and dash and eventually they end up wrecking James's dad's well, car. I do like the way they kind of reveal it because I don't know. I was like, okay, they must have like a little bit of money. Cause the first thing they do is go spend money immediately on laser tag. And then you realize at the <laughs> restaurant that that was all the money they had between the two of them. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well this isn't going to go very far then. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't seem like at the start of things that they have any idea what they're doing or why they're doing it. Especially James, who's kind of being led around by Alyssa. And I think a major part of the show kind of hinges upon Alyssa's fears and moods and insecurities and everything. Like, oh, yeah. Her issues with her family life, um, you know, her mom and stepdad have twins together and, you know, Alyssa's picture is nowhere to be found on the mantle. And, you know, her mom seems to kind of kowtow to uh, Tony's whims and doesn't really have much of a voice in the house. And so Alyssa doesn't really have like a defender. Yeah, she's not calling any shots, that's for sure. And so... That kind of springboards the whole thing for them to leave in the first place. And then, you know, she kind of, you know, at various points debates whether or not they should go find her real dad. And then she kind of hems back and forth on on that for a long time because she's kind of afraid of what might happen. And so it's kind of like and she's kind of a, she she doesn't you know, there's various points that she doesn't know if James is really invested in this if James really wants her or if this is just something that's happening to him and he does you know what I mean like so all of her insecurities kind of determine back and forth what they're doing and eventually it leads to James them, just kind of okay yeah sure I'll drive whatever yeah it eventually leads to them wrecking James's dad's car while they're trying to recreate the love scene between Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson in the chase <laughs> Which is my reference. It's not like they say right. that. <laughs> God, I don't think they're lame enough to yeah, bring up the I, chase. Or old enough to know that reference. <laughs> yeah, but essentially they try to. Ha- she tries to have sex with him while he's driving. And he just crashes into a tree. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> and so now they don't even have a car, which leads to them hitchhiking, which leads to them being picked up by a weird dude who's right. on his way to now go get a dog. Now, at this point, uh, if this happened to me and I was the James of this situation, I would be like, now we can never go back. I can't face my dad after I punched him in the face and took his car and then blew it up. <laughs> yeah, the car explodes. Yeah, and then he, he, so then he doesn't have a shirt because his shirt was off. 
Oh yeah. And so, so this, now now they're hitchhiking. Right. And it's like <laughs> would you really want to get into the car of some dude who's willing to pick up a shirtless boy on the side of the road. Right. And of course, you know, we don't want to leap to any judgments here, but actually it would be appropriate to. <laughs> yeah. This and Alyssa of... is quick to be like, no, I'm not getting in that fucking car. <laughs> yeah. It's although to be fair, she if the decision it. is made to hitchhike, right? <laughs> if that's I mean, the decision of the day, then I mean, what do you turn you can't turn down a ride at that point yeah it's like well, what are we doing out here <laughs> well, i know i mean the guy's like i'm heading south does that work for you guys and it's like well yeah it works because otherwise we're stuck here in the woods with no shirt so they end up going to some like truck stop type restaurant place and there's kind of a sexual encounter encounter between this dude and james in the bathroom where he kind of takes james hand and puts it on his wiener yeah and Alyssa walks in, which is funny because it's the men men's room. Right. She just like walks in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, she's like, are you gay? And he's like, no. <laughs> Basically, she's kind of like, it's okay if you're gay, but I need to know right now before I make a scene about this. <laughs> and so I, you definitely get like a vibe at this point from James of like a Holden Caulfield or, you know, the narrator from The Perks of Being a Wallflower or something where it's like very. He had a situation with his aunt. Yeah, it's just like very detached and kind of like things just are happening to him. Yeah, it's a very it's a recurring theme kind of in in adolescent fiction and you know my own personal of, life. Yeah, I mean you kind of fit that mold. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to get into what happened with you and that homeless man under the bridge. <laughs> well, or what about me at Pride? Really? <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't know. You were pretty excited about that. Yeah. You wouldn't shut up about it. Right. <laughs> so Alyssa somehow turns this situation into a blackmail type deal where she takes this dude's wallet, which is full, filled with cash, which of course, you know, then provides them, you know, story-wise some, some money to make things make sense for the next couple of episodes. Well, yeah. Because obviously they're going to have to stay at a hotel, which they do and everything. But I don't understand this blackmail situation. It's kind of hard to to grasp to why this guy just this... Get, get gives into this. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, upon first viewing, I was just thinking, I mean, this guy, A, he could just run away, but he could physically overpower the two of these fucking kids if he wananted to. Like, well, just because he's a like a bit. creepy pedo doesn't mean that he's he wants to be a murderer. Well, yeah, but... I mean, you could intimidate him, though. She basically threatens him with, like, I'm going to tell your family about what you do with boys in the bathroom or whatever. Because she looked at his wallet once already. And it's like, well, how does he... he, Does she know his name? We've already got the impression that he's been driving on a fairly long trip. Not just, like, a quick cruise down the road. I mean, wouldn't he just be like, okay, yeah, good luck. (laughs) I mean, go for it. You would think. But I, I don't know. I guess, like... If you're engaged in kind of CD behavior that maybe, and you, maybe some of those people might See, be quick to panic. He does show the picture of, well, that's true. It could just be like the guilt you're overcome by and being caught. Uh, and not wanting to take a chance, I guess. But I don't know. whenever, uh, he does show like the his family picture or something from his wallet. I, I, I thought like maybe they could have had her see his ID or something with like his home address some way to make it seem like she could somehow have leverage here. Yeah. Maybe like one more little shot 
yeah. of like a driver's license or something with a name so that they so that we see it so that we feel comfortable with the, with that part of the scene and we're like okay right we can kind of buy it yeah because <laughs> now that we don't feel comfortable with it we're gonna spend some time on it <laughs> and so they take his money which I guess is substantial and they get a hotel room um, this is where kind of Alyssa's emotions kind of start to get the better of her and she kind of cries in the bathroom right she tries calling her house and now how old were you when you started getting hotel rooms I don't want to bring that up 17 an appropriate <laughs> age <laughs> Actually, You're not getting I, looks. It seems kind of I mean, yeah. It seems unlikely that you'd be able to get a hotel room at seventeen, right? But yeah, um, I mean, certainly there's some seedy joints that I'm familiar with where this might fly. But this looks like a normal establishment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then again, the fucking lady working there does pocket the extra money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but you know, Alyssa tries calling home for the first time. Uh, something that she'll do. Uh, at least one more time, and she talks to... Yeah, these two leave quite a trail of breadcrumbs. She talks to Tony, and Tony won't put her mom on and says she doesn't want to talk to her. And so- <laughs> No panic. <laughs> I mean, I understand that we're supposed to like get this whole thing where like Tony's a dick and he doesn't want to listen around, but it is weird that he would take this harsh of a stance to not even, I don't know, not, not well, at react this point- to it at all. This is their first night, though, so okay, it hasn't even been true. a full yeah. night or anything. Right, so she's not even a true missing person at this point. I guess not. It's kind of hard to keep track of like how much time goes by sometimes because of the That's episode true. breaks yeah. and whatnot. But, yeah, essentially, you know, at this moment when they're staying in the hotel, there's no plan. And there remains no plan until there is a plan, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, they don't really know Which where they're going. sounds like a great life, by the way. <laughs> Uh, they still don't have a car, so then once they leave the hotel, they just start walking, and that's when Alyssa's like, fuck it, let's go to my dad's, but she doesn't want to take the train right away because she starts to have second thoughts about whether or not her dad really wants to see her. So she's like, we need to hang out for a while. And my thought was, well, then why not go back to the hotel? Where are you walking? Right. <laughs> we can why just would, hang out here. There's a TV. Why would the answer be, let's go walk through a neighborhood and find a house to break into and stay at? That seems yeah, insane. It does seem insane. I mean, the level of cool that they have breaking into a house. I, I mean, I would just be panicking the whole time that the homeowner is going to show up. They act like because, okay... I don't see an alarm, and it looks like there's some dust, which is like a, a lot of mail. Interesting in the observation from outdoors from a 17 year old girl. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but the whole time we were in there, I would just be like, "Alyssa, we gotta go, we gotta go." The, the, the people could show up at any point. Yeah, but they don't care. No, and spending time in this house is kind of a weird ordeal. That kind of obviously takes their little joyride and to the next level. This is where the show certainly takes takes its most extreme twists. First though, uh Alyssa tries to blow James and he's like not feeling it and he says it's because there's a picture of the guy that lives there staring at him and she gets upset because rightfully so. Her really. emotions are all over the place. She is like a ball of emotions. It's like She's super hypersexual, and then 
enraged and then crying and then, you know what I mean? She's yeah, it's certainly a everything lot to deal is throwing with, her in all different directions. I think she has an absolute right to be mad in this case. I mean, she was really doing you know a good thing for James and for him to just a not be thing. interested. <laughs> Well, you I know. mean, maybe he's like you. Maybe he was like freaked out that someone was about to come home any minute. Well, I mean, that's she's true. Just, you yeah. know, decides there's no like build up to it. She just or is maybe like, he right, was like me off. and just freaked out that like a chick was doing something to him. <laughs> <laughs> and so she then leaves and goes and meets this guy named Topher. Have you ever known anyone named Topher? I only know Topher Grace, <laughs> which that made me wonder: was his name Christopher? I guess. I guess. I, it's, I never n- knew of Topher being short for Christopher, but... <laughs> She's like, why can't you just be Chris like a normal person? I guess I'm a twat. <laughs> Which we're like, yeah. Her whole plan, I guess, is just to make James jealous and upset. So she brings Here Christopher we go. back. By the way, ah, the amount of times I've been in this situation in my life. <laughs> I, knew, I knew we could get there. <laughs> Holy shit. So she brings Topher back to the house that they're staying at, which is a guy named Clive Cock believe it or not i guess i mean they never correct that pronunciation right. so i'm assuming yeah that i guess his that's name. right a guy that does look a lot like uh what's his face gary oldman gary oldman yeah he has like a very gary oldman look yeah but um he take she takes topher back to the house and then like kind of lures him in with sex and then james She's is like sitting in the mind. living room kind of oblivious like i don't know what to do and then yeah once they're oh, like just humiliating to... for James, though, because she shows up and she's like, oh, James, meet Topher. We're going upstairs to have sex. And James is just standing there holding flowers that he was going to give to her. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, her mind games, though, kind of in a way, you know, in a it's way, they kind of work, though, because the push that James needed. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, we start the show with him proclaiming to be a psychopath. And the next thing you know, he's feeling bad about situations and holding flowers to give to her so i mean it's not all like murder fantasies for oh him right at this point you know she changes her mind with topher at the at the pivotal moment he gets yes. pissed and leaves right somehow says there's a certain word that exists <laughs> somehow he just like leaves his wallet there which i just don't understand how that ever happens right uh I mean, that just is nuts to me but whatever. That is nuts. I don't know. Yeah, people very careless about their wallets in this show in general. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm panicked every second of every day that I'm going <laughs> to lose my wallet. And while uh, Alyssa's upstairs with Topher, James does some more snooping around and he kind of finds out a little bit more about Mr. Cox's hobbies, <laughs> if you were. If, you if would. that's what you like to call him, yeah. He has a uh, handheld video camera that has some... I guess murder footage. I don't really know what. A snuff film, maybe? <laughs> and Polaroids of different victims, I guess. And yeah. it's like, is this guy a serial killer? Is he just a serial rapist? Is he both? We don't really know exactly. They never really come out, come right out and say exactly what this dude does. Because then they, you know, later on it's referenced that there were some allegations against him. He was like a professor or something. I will say he's pretty prolific though i mean there's quite a few polaroid yeah, pictures that's part because yeah my initial he was really able to keep this going yeah my initial while. gut reaction was oh this dude's a serial killer but then i was like if he's killed that many people and hasn't gotten caught or 
you know, he's he stays in the same place, has like a nice house, uh, is enough of a public figure that his uh, pictures and books. Yeah, we don't know exactly. I mean, he's supposed to be a professor, right? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that he's a bad dude. I mean, he definitely he yeah, also has so. like a closet full of like murder supplies. So I mean, I guess you could kind of take that as a hint too. I don't know, but they never say it. I don't know. And it's never yeah. specified Maybe he's exactly like, uh, later. A little like Patrick Bateman esque. Because, you know, when the police well, we'll get there. So Alyssa just goes to sleep in the bed after Topher leaves. James It's been an emotional roller coaster for Alyssa. James really doesn't know what to do and he's kinda of hanging around, and that's exactly when Clive Cock decides to come home and James like grabs his knife and like hides under the bed. Yeah. I and, will say, I mean, this scene, shit was pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously James knows the truth about cock at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the truth about Clive Don't at this we point. Don't we all? And uh, Alyssa doesn't, and she's just sleeping in the bed. Although now Clive has come home, he sees that there's a breaking and entering situation. He comes up to his room to find a young girl asleep in his bed. Yeah. And he's just like, well, they're, okay. fa- they're falling into my lap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so at first he's kind of like, all right, all right, let's calm down. What's going on? And then it, it turns dark pretty quick and he's like grabbing her wrist. And <laughs> yeah. I do like back and- the nonchalant way that he's like, is there anyone else here? And she's like, no. And then he's like, okay. And then he just shuts his bedroom door <laughs> and makes his way over to the bed. Yeah, it was like a Matt Lauer oh, type yeah. door situation. Right. <laughs> he just like pushes a button and his door closes. He's like, all right. So then, you know, he's trying to like basically force himself on top of her and it, it gets real, you know, fucking weird. And, you know, James comes out from under the bed and stabs him in the throat. It's very Pretty uh, quick. Yeah. Brutal. Not uh, a lot of hesitation from James here. What are you going to do? Yeah. He seemingly knows right where to put that knife. No to, kidding. To make it a quick. Uh, just a bloodbath on poor Alyssa. I mean, it's just spewing out of his neck. Yeah, like the kind of sudden brutal violence was like, you know, not unlike what we would see in some of like David Fincher's movies, like, you know, the scene in Gone, Gone Girl, Girl and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, I think now when James is confronted with the reality of an actual serial killer rapist he know he finally kind of knows the truth about himself and he he knows right. that there's i no- mean he reveals to us via inner thought that he does not like killing humans right and it's just like you know you kind of have the feeling that even when he found the evidence of what had been happening you know although i will Clive, fe- that- i do feel like he really undersold the finding of the evidence. I mean, wouldn't you have run upstairs and been like, we have to go right now? You would think. Yeah. So. The Topher situation really, really kind of complicated everything. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, you'd think like the second he saw that, he'd be like, we have to get out of here right now. But yeah. he, you know, he kind of is such a passive guy that like things seemingly just happen. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, they're just stupid kids. They try to cover up the murder, and right, they don't really do a great job. They clean his house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they leave the murder well, weapon there. Well, that was there. the thing. I, I do remember watching it, thinking like, there is no way these two fucking pieces of paper basically could lift this dead body. I mean, they're 
Yeah, so they leave it there, but they clean up his blood. Right. It's like, well, yeah. he's dead. It's like his blood is not evidence. Yeah. It's only evidence that he died. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> attempt. But yeah, they clean up his house, burn and their clothes, they burn the clothes and the, all the bed sheets with blood on it. For some, I mean, they just. You know, they're panicking. They don't really know what to do. But then James... A fire out in the field in suburbia not drawing any attention. Evidently not. I guess, did they steal his car? I mean, how did they get out there? Did they walk all the way out there? Yeah, I don't. I, I think they did. And so James leaves the knife there by putting it in the pool filter, which, of course, ends up getting Just found. crazy. And move, Topher's really. wallet, which somehow when they were cleaning the entire house, they didn't find. Yeah. Just a piss poor job. And that's when we get um, some local police in the mix. Uh, Eunice, played by Gemma Whelan from Game of Thrones fame. Yeah. And Terry, um, uh, who kind of have an interesting relationship between the two of them, I it's guess. It's kind of a weird thing because, for me, I, I didn't recognize anybody until uh, Yara from Game of Thrones. <laughs> so th- she was the first recognizable person for me in it. Uh-huh. So that was just kind of like a weird thing because everyone else was just uh, new to me, as we like to say. Okay. They kind of get involved. I think initially they are just investigating the murder and then they, you know, they find Topher's wallet and Topher ends up being able to provide them with names. And at the same time, it's like... James's dad and Alyssa's mom are reporting the missing. So things are starting to like get pieced together, you know, that way. Yeah. Um so Terry and Eunice, is that her name? Yeah. They yeah, they have kind of a relationship that's similar to Matthew McConaughey and that dude in The Paperboy. Where they're colleagues, <laughs> but we get a little hint that a little something went down one night. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, you know, Eunice, uh, played by Yara from Game of Thrones, she's kind of a, she's kind of like a hilarious character in a very, like, subtle way. A lot of, like, facial expressions and kind of reactions to yeah. things that are funny. But Cox's mom hides all the evidence of his, like, misdeeds. So they yeah, just see this... Yeah, that's kind of a, a weird little swerve that I wasn't expecting. Right, she's the one that, that finds the body, and she gets rid of all the evidence of she's whatever like, it is oh Cock was goodness. up to. My son is dead, and then quickly, because you know they laid the Polaroids all around the dead body, as if to be like, okay, yeah, we killed him, but check it out, yeah, <laughs> not so good. But then his mom is like, oh my god, he's dead. Oh, and a murderer. <laughs> I I need to or something. Yeah, <laughs> we need to not let this get out there. So she burns all the Polaroids and takes the video camera. Eventually, she does end up handing it back over to them because I guess they kind of do their research on this cock guy. They find out, like, oh, there's been some accusations and whatnot. So they feel like something weird was happening, and she ends up eventually turning the video camera back over to them. Yeah, but shortly after... the She burned the Polaroids, though. Yeah. No longer... uh able to hand those back over no so shortly after the murder and the attempted cover-up Alyssa ends up deserting james at like a fast food restaurant because she's kind of freaked out now yeah she's like she's having a hard time processing what just happened kind of gotten a little weird at this point although really 
I mean, I understand that she's like, oh my God, James, how could you do that? You you murdered someone. But it's like, that guy was about to brutally rape her and possibly more. Right. Probably more. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just a traumatic experience. And I think it's kind of like, they're kind of passing each other on some sort of a scale. Oh, Where true. James yeah. is coming down and being, he's realizing that murder made him more normal in a way. Yeah, that's true. Than he was before because he realizes how horrible it was and he realizes that his emotions are what prompted him to protect Alyssa. And so even though he did do this thing, he understands now more about the value of human life. Whereas she's now thinking of him more in like a psychotic way because it was such a She's like, brutally traumatic shit, event. James, I didn't know you had it in you. Mm-hmm. But now that I do, I wish I didn't. <laughs> and so And he's like, This is unfair. I'm your protector. He's like, <laughs> I'm what? being treated unfairly here. He's like, what did you want me to do? Just get in line behind him and take a turn? <laughs> Just like kind of lean over his shoulder and be like, Okay, Alyssa, I see you've got this. I'm out of here. Typical chick. Right. Yeah, and and so she kind of ditches him at a fast food place and they're kind of apart for an episode or so and it's during this time where we kind of learn the truth about james's mother we kind of get a flashback of her committing suicide by driving a car into a pond right in front of him <laughs> just like a gif of my mood every day <laughs> <laughs> and james is like a real goony looking kid oh yeah um and you know just more evidence that Alyssa's stepdad Tony is just the worst and you know a lot of what goes on in this show is more like hinted at so it's kind of like we don't exactly know all of why Tony is the worst but we just kind of get a taste of it we don't know exactly what happened between Eunice and Terry but it seems like they had some sort of a drunken sexual encounter you know those kind of things there's a lot of like hinting and and stuff like that. But, you know, with only eight 20-minute episodes, we're not getting, like, full backstories. Right. During their time apart, Alyssa gets her period and throws away her underwear and then tries to steal more and, you know, gets involved in that whole thing with the security guard. That's kind of doesn't really go anywhere, but, you know, oh, yeah, just something that, that happens. I kind of forgot about that part, but, yeah. And, uh, James all of a sudden decides he wants to confess to the murder, probably you know, to take the blame for it so yeah. that Alyssa will, will get off. But Ends then, up going to this police station seemingly in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a very big uh, office building or whatever, but the parking lot for it, gigantic. <laughs> there's a part where he's walking away from it, yeah. and I'm like, there's like no cars here. I don't know. It's a strange sight. Yeah, and I mean, he panics and decides to then tell him, that he was talking about his mom's suicide. And so then the guy's just like, I don't really know what to do about yeah, this. Yeah, I'm going to call social services. And then James runs away. Not a great hunch cop, by the way. Not able to put it together that there's something weird going on here. I yeah. mean, he thinks it's weird, but he doesn't treat it with any level of, oh, I should probably figure out what the hell's actually going on here. Right. Yeah, and Alyssa sleeps in a bus station, which doesn't seem... Safe. A bus stop. And doesn't seem safe. She's just wearing, you know, a dress, and we we're not even a hundred percent sure she's wearing underwear, right? And so, and then I don't even know where James spends the night, or if he just walks all night back to where he was, and he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go back to the restaurant and sit in the same seat where she <laughs> left me and hope that she comes back." And eventually, she does. Yeah, it all works. And out. they're reunited, and everything's a okay. So kind of you know, a weird uh, detour episode. Yeah, and it kind of you know. 
being like viewers, obviously, and being a little older, it's like you can kind of look at their situation and be like, all right, well, you made a mistake by breaking into this guy's house, but you're both underage. This guy was attempting to hurt Alyssa, you know, rape her, kill her, whatever. There's tons of evidence that he had already done that. You know, you could probably get off relatively lightly. Now, granted, you still did break and enter a home, and then it ended with somebody being dead. I mean, yeah, it's not like you're going to get off scot-free. But I think, you know, the general public perception of the event would be like, once all the facts came out that maybe it wasn't that bad. So I don't know, but they don't know what to, they don't think like that. Obviously they're like panicked. They they're like, we killed someone. What are we going to do? Right. And so they hotwire a car and they're like, well, let's just fucking drive to Alyssa's dad. <laughs> James is uh multi-talented though. Mm-hmm. The ability to hotwire a car, as we find out an excellent knife thrower. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of weird hobbies. Probably he's had a lot of time. Yeah, he's had a lot of time on his own. You know, they go to a gas station when they're running out of gas, and they end up kind Inspiring of firing. St- <laughs> yeah, they another ste- disgruntled youth. They want to steal the gas, and it turns into this whole thing where they lock the gas station manager into the bathroom while the attendant like kind of helps them and thinks he's going to join up with them, and they have to you know bail him on down. him. <laughs> yeah, it, she's like. You know, she, she even in her narration of that part is like talking about it being heartbreaking, yeah. like how, <laughs> how into it he is. <laughs> yeah, eventually they track Alyssa's dad down. They go to his last known address and he's not there. The woman points them in the right direction. He's like just living in a mobile home Yeah, on a beach somewhere. On, a, on Coast Road, which uh, when they eventually get... When the police eventually get directed to this place, I, I was like, because uh, the lady just sends Eunice a message or whatever that it's like mobile home coast road or coastal highway or something. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, wh- this isn't really directions. Mm-hmm. I-, I just drive down the coast until I see a mobile home. I mean, it seems possible you could see several. Well, I mean, I don't know. I kind of took it that it was still a road, and it was just the only mobile home on it. All right, could be. Didn't did, I mean it, we had a lot of establishing shots? Did you see any other homes? I didn't. That's a good point. Yeah, I will say that like this show has a lot of very artistic uh, shots and and really well done cinematography. Yeah, and there's I a mean, lot of like really great looking things playing a big part too. Music, yeah, the soundtrack heavily involved. Cool. Yeah, I think the aesthetic they were going for was kind of they didn't want it to be tied down too much to like a specific time period. I mean, it's present day, but they didn't want it to feel locked into 2017, 2018, you know. Some of the places that the restaurants and places and the hotels and stuff are very like retroy looking and the music is from like the 50s and 60s and you know, there aren't too many like modern things in it. There's a couple of phones and whatnot and whatever, but it's not like too of the moment. It's very, it's, they try to go for a more general timelessness. Now, Alyssa's dad, kind of a legend, really, the, the life he's constructed for himself. <laughs> well, she certainly thinks so at first. Yeah, he's really, uh, he's out there living it. I mean, yeah, he lives in a mobile home, but it's... Yeah, he's dealing drugs to children. Yeah, but it's 
beachfront property, <laughs> and he has a boat. Yeah, that's some boat. Plus, he's well-liked at his local uh, pub, so much so that he can just start open-mouth kissing the bartender when he walks in. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like like a real collection of winners at the local pub that they go to. As, well, first of all, they were caught on camera at the gas station during all those hijinks. So now they have a good idea of where they are and where they're headed because they know that uh, Alyssa believes that her father lives at that address. So Eunice and Terry are are heading up there, and there's definitely this clash now between Eunice and Terry. They've kind of had this weird cat-and-mouse kind of relationship going on between them. Terry was maybe dating another woman or trying to get something going. Uh, Yeah, Terry really a whole lot of woman. I (laughs) mean, if I was Eunice, I'd be a little bit intimidated by her. (laughs) I'm intimidated by her, and I'm never going to meet her. I wouldn't be trying to cross her. I mean, Eunice is really... I don't know. She's playing with fire there, I feel like. <laughs> well, I I like her. She's standing up for what she believes in. She, she kind yeah. of has a more soft, compassionate feel to the two kids. Like, she kind of feels it is bad kind of for weird. them. Yeah, it's weird kind of that she's a detective or whatever because she doesn't really seem to have that cold ruthlessness to her that I feel like you have to have a little bit. Well... I think you're always supposed to think the worst in any given situation, and she's kind of holding on to a lot of hope in these kids. Yeah, and I mean, truthfully, though, she is right. I mean, it yeah. was a self-defense murder to begin with. He didn't really have a gun at the gas station, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They are just kids that have fucked up lives and have fucked up problems and are, you know, spiraling at this point. But, yeah, I mean, at first, uh, Alyssa is, like, really into her dad, Leslie. He, she has idolized him from afar. She hasn't seen him in basically a decade, and, you know... She believes that he's been sending her birthday cards every year, which as soon as you see that, even way yeah, back that's in like not him. the first or he's second not. episode, you're like, come on. Right. You're How many times has this been a thing? Alyssa, <laughs> have you ever seen a show or movie? <laughs> it's all yeah. It's basically he's basically like Mr. Belding's brother. <laughs> you know, yeah, who's, he is. who's full of promises and then at the last minute, you know, never takes them out on that boat. There is no whitewater <laughs> rafting trip or whatever it's supposed to be. <laughs> is that what, what a doing? legendary yeah. episode of television where Mr. Belding's deadbeat brother is somehow a substitute teacher that is allowed who, in the school. Who, by the way, doesn't even like work in the district. He's a traveling substitute. Because <laughs> we never see him again. Yeah. It's like, sorry, I got to leave town. Yeah, I can't take you on this whitewater rafting trip. It's like, well, why would they ever let a substitute teacher do that in the first place? (laughs) So, you know, slowly but surely, it's kind of like dawning on them that Leslie's not really a great guy. I think, obviously, James gets that almost immediately, but he's trying to be respectful of Alyssa's feelings because he understands that she's going to be crushed. Oh, yeah. James is just like, what are we doing here? This is a bad idea. Right. He knows that they need to stay on the run and that if Leslie's involved in all this criminal activity, it's not really a good place to lay low. And also, he's kind of just a shady guy. I mean, he's kind of, he can already tell that he's just saying things that are like empty promises and empty words. And Alyssa's kind of eating it up and she's basically building herself up to take a hard fall when the truth kind of comes out. Which 
It eventually does when they go to the bar and the woman that they encountered at the address that they thought that Leslie was going to be at shows up with a little boy. Just and Alyssa a learns strange that, kid, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa learns that uh, she has a little brother. She's like, is he your dad? And he just sort of nods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It seems like there's something going on there. It could be. Although, you know, English people. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> and so this kind of, you know, I guess this woman is wanting more money and more involvement from Leslie in this child's but life. But isn't, like, mentioning the fact out. that the uh, cops came to her house. No, she's holding that close to the, For some reason. Close to the vest yeah. because she's going to pull that trump card out when Leslie fucks off and drives home. He runs over a dog, leaving the bar, and... Okay, so this sets off a bunch of different things. The you dog know. thing, completely unnecessary for me. But it's it's where we get to see now this dog is like dying because it survived being run over and needs to be kind of put down. Uh, so James starts calling it names. No, that's a little... <laughs> wow. Uh, <Whoa. laughs> Boo. <laughs> Car crash sound. <laughs> no, but James, too emotional to yeah, kill he, the dog. He, he now is unable now. to do it. He's completely... His transformation is now complete. He went from like a creep weirdo killing animals in his spare time to thinking he wanted to kill a person to actually having to kill a person to save someone he cared about to now being unable to kill this animal who has to be killed. So Alyssa does it. And the woman, who I guess is the mother of uh, Leslie's little son has now alerted Eunice as to his actual whereabouts. Right. And it kind of leads into, you know, the climax of the show, which is Leslie finding out that they're wanted for murder, him calling the police while he's talking to them without them knowing. Unclear if uh, he was trying to protect Alyssa here. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're just like Alyssa. You're falling for all of his lies. Well, she didn't fall for it, though. She was like, is it because of the reward? And she stabs him in the leg. Right. Which prompts Eunice to finally come in. She's trying to talk them into turning themselves in. and Well, that doesn't sound like a good idea. And, you know, she's like, we can make it a manslaughter plea. It won't be that bad. Blah, blah, blah. But they, they're like, we won't be able to be together anymore. And that's not good enough for Alyssa, who takes a, a gun that Leslie had and just conks. Uh, yeah, Eunice out with it, and then they run off onto the beach. At this point, Terry and the rest of the five O is showing up. Oh yeah, we're headed towards a big scene on the beach. James, all the while, has been trying to convince Alyssa, like, you, you didn't stay. do it. You didn't do it. I'll take the blame. You know, you stay, and I'll be the one that takes the hit for the murder and blah blah blah. She doesn't want to do it. He eventually, to save her, hits her with the gun yeah. and tries to run away from her. <laughs> People just being hit in the head with um, the handle of this shotgun. There's a lot to kind of unpack here. My favorite. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, Channel 33 yeah, on the ringer? Right. Um, we finally have like that moment of confrontation between Alyssa and her father, Leslie. Because, I mean, she's just consistently been let down all her life by the men oh yeah that populate her world and even you know, whether leslie it's tony out, or leslie or whoever leslie's quick to point out you gotta dump this guy now get away from this guy now you're just like your mom you have shit taste in men right 
And this is where the truth comes out about the birthday cards, which obviously, unless you're a total idiot, I think all the viewers had figured that out. I think without it ever being addressed directly in the show, I mean, you can kind of assume that maybe James suspected that all along as well. I mean, it just it's too weird that he was sending her these birthday cards, but never called her, never saw her. And well, even, didn't tell her when he moved to this mobile home. Even the way the actress does the scene, though, it's like in a way that it's dawning on her like, oh, you never sent the cards. Like, yeah. I, like I should have known that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the way that she delivers that last line. Yeah. And it's it, yeah, it kind of almost implies like maybe she a part of her deep down knew all along that it was a lie. <laughs> I do like how Leslie's just like, she shouldn't have done that. That was irresponsible. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I do like the like kimono style robe that he answers the door. Oh when they yeah, first get there. I mean, he's really just living a life. I'm surprised out there. you don't have that on back order or something right don't now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't know what what's That's going true. on up, yeah. upstairs in my room. I don't. <laughs> There's a lot of kimono. Well, time. I was thinking more like the Polaroids from that dude's <laughs> house, and maybe some of those cleaning supplies. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is tough to see Clive Cock and just be like, man, this is where I'm headed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except nowhere near as successful. Right. I won't have like a house with a pool, that's for sure. Kind of the same thing for me with James's mom. I was like, that's where I'm headed. <laughs> Driving right into that pond. Which I do like how James at one point is like, oh yeah, my mom killed herself. I was there. I didn't do anything. What was he going to do? Well, yeah, but that's kind of the whole like thing of irrational guilt that happens with those kind of situations i guess so you know whether it's goodwill hunting or something like this yeah where they just need to be told that it's not their fault right (laughs) yeah yeah um so james is running on the beach uh terry has shown up and is now holding uh Alyssa at bay as she's screaming after him they've decided to start opening fire on james i know that seems insane and unnecessary. And James's narration now is kind of revealing that he finally kind of understands people and relationships and emotions and, you know, kind of something that we kind of maybe grasped when he was unable to finish off the dog in the parking lot. But, does you know, the, he's just not a psychopath. Does he's the, not uh, what he started as. graphic novel end with uh, ambiguity over James's fate? Or? Kind of, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a little different because it it ties in more directly with the original murder of Clive Cock, who was a satanic serial killer who was married to a oh. police woman who oh. was a, also a Satanist, and that is who was That's like pursuing them. Whoa! And it ends kind of similarly, where you don't exactly know what happens, but the last scene is Alyssa's mother telling. Alyssa that she's free from James now or something and then she carves James into her wrist or something like Yee. that. So it's but like the uh, the author of the original thing was like he says that it's ambiguous whereas like people kind of take that as more definitive that James is killed. Now, it has not been renewed yet. I think that it's kind of up in the air. Okay. Because it's more like, can we come up with something? I did like it. I loved this first season, but I I am... I think after first viewing, I just expected that there was going to be more. Uh-huh. Now I feel like 
it would be tough to keep it going. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I think it's kind of in the hand. It's. I think Netflix from. I, I haven't really read anything too definitive, but the impression I was getting was that Netflix would be open to doing more, and it's just a matter. They don't seem of, like they're too hard to convince. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, they do cancel some shows. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of you know if they can come up with something, then maybe there would be more, and so it's a possibility. But there's nothing decided. At nothing this point. on the uh, books. So we'll right see. Now. I mean, I kind of hope that there will be, um, b- but I wouldn't be crushed if there wasn't because it does end in a dramatic way that is kind of open to think about and you know your initial gut reaction is maybe like this is not satisfying but when you actually think in your head like well what would a second season be like right it's like well i don't know how is how if, can they recapture what happened in the first if season? james uh doesn't get shot here there's no way he's getting away where is he going yeah i don't know we'll see i don't yeah. know right maybe it would be you know maybe he is shot and isn't dead and they expand more upon Alyssa's character, and I, I who knows, who knows. Um, I w- I definitely would check it out if it oh yeah comes on, but I don't I don't know. We'll see. So yeah, I mean, I I thought that this was kind of an interesting uh, thing for us to tackle. I think a lot of our television episodes are primarily just one episode. Yeah, this was or like one or two uh, or something. fun material to sort of unpack, as you like to say. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a a long, long. It's not even that long, but I mean, a slightly longish movie, really. Yeah, basically, I mean, it's less like a TV show than most things. But um, yeah, if for some reason you've actually listened to this all and haven't seen it, I, I recommend checking it out. I think the acting is good. Um, it's kind of funny. I think you know, it's an interesting it's, exploration. Uh, pretty into, well directed and. Edited. Some of the episodes are kind of put together in unique ways. Yeah, I mean, I I think I commented when we were watching it that sometimes the episodes have that Breaking Bad feel of like right. some sort of it just ominous starts with a weird scene and you're like what the hell and then you're like backtracking to like how we got here kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's cool and you know I think uh, it it needs to be said that we'd like a little bit more. Uh, listener feedback. <laughs> uh, you can yeah, always need to be tweet said. the show at Greatest Pod. You can always text Matt or myself. Please, if you have yeah, feel free to weigh in. <laughs> what other Come podcast on, is like? Please text us. Yeah. <laughs> How sad, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we're having fun doing this. Hopefully, you're still enjoying the show. I mean, sometimes it's hard yeah. to tell. Yeah, we don't really know anymore. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to tell if... uh, Maybe we shouldn't have done listener requests just to alienate all of our listeners. Well, I do think... Yeah. (laughs) I I was saying that I I feel like maybe your goal is to just one by one... (laughs) Most of them we treated fine. (laughs) (laughs) There was like two episodes that got a little dicey. All right. Um... Yeah, like I said, follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Please subscribe via iTunes and um, tell your friends. Pass the word along. And uh, thanks for listening. I can't go on wasting my time, adding scars to my heart. Because all I hear is I'm not ready now. 
you didn't have to face your mother losing her lover without saying goodbye, without saying goodbye, 'cause she didn't have time. But if you're not ready for love, how can you be ready for life? How can you be ready for life? So let's love fully and let's love loud. Let's love now. Soon enough we'll die. 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 Come on! This is shit. Sometimes I look at him and I think, "Are you a bit dead?"